From Yoga Ayurveda Living, I am Kelly Marie Mills, and this is The Dosha Life, a podcast for wellness seekers and happiness curators. Here we look at remedies, tools, tips, and secrets coming from the wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda. You are on the second Spiel with Kelly. Spiel with Kelly today, current situation. (laughs) I was looking in the mirror and I noticed my first white eyebrow hair. (laughs) Kind of terrifying, but I knew it was going to happen one day. So um, moving towards the age of 60, I know that gravity kind of takes hold and Things get a little bit drier, and I'm always telling people once you're over 50, Ayurveda really recommends you start to really slow down because coming towards the age of 35, you should be starting rejuvenative practices. Of course, I didn't meet Ayurveda until more towards 45, where I really started engaging with it. So I was kind of late on the wagon, but still everything I have practiced I know has helped sustain me and keep me super healthy. It's just those moments where you see that your skin is a little bit drier. That's why you should be oiling your skin before showers to help the oils settle into what you say in modern medicine, the cells. In Ayurveda, it's the datus. Every time we oil our body before a shower, It's an opening, an opportunity for the oil to go a little bit deeper into the body so that after 10 years of use of using the oil to help protect our skin from the environment, which helps our sense of touch remain supple and allows prana to flow in easier, this helps to change our patterns, change our psyche. So it's all like a win-win if you continue using the practices, even though there's no direct result. I do think that the modern world is really about immediate effect. So many people want to have a result within a few days. And so using things that take time, even though they have a longer term result, many people find that too difficult. So going, if you remember the gunas, so that's actually rajas. So most of us in the modern world, we have a very rajasic energy If you're lucky and you have more sattva, so sattva leads you into spirituality easier. It leads into the opening of a quieter stillness within you. This means that you are no longer really attaching to the personality mind quite as much. I do want to say that Ayurveda is not judging any of us. Ayurveda is trying to give us tools to live the happiest life we can, and that's really the message that I hope I'm giving you. If we can at all find ways to use some of the tools to maintain and sustain the practices. So when I meet clients, what I really try and give them are choices of things that they can use. What sometimes happens is they see a list of maybe six things and they decide they can't do all of those things and then they don't do any of those things. So what I try and do is point out that maybe three of those things are for six months' time. One of those things is immediate use, and the next two then are for them to consider how would they bring them into their life. Do you know what I mean? 
years ago I was listening to Deepak Chopra and I'm going back to the earlier subject. I'll be bouncing around a bit. You know, those, uh, some of you know my spiels. That's what I do. Um, but Deepak Chopra on aging in one of his courses, this is while I was, or actually pre-going into Ayurveda myself or actually studying it um, seriously, was that um, what you have lived through 10 years ago is what shows up on your skin, on your face, in your body 10 years later. Are any of you having those moments where you're like, oh my God, what am I going to look like? I think most of us will wonder what we're going to look like in 10 years having lived through a p- pandemic. Um, but the aging process is a part of vata. And why do I say that? Because vata actually rules timing. Vata rules the times of day. And how do we equate that through Ayurveda? Mainly it's because vata rules the cycles. Vata rules timing. It's air and space together. So it's movement. Anything with movement in it is vata owned. So that's how vata owns time. As we age, the vata time of life is 55 and over. That means that for us to soothe vata, we need to slow things down as we age. What can happen in the modern world is often we have found a place that we enjoy being through the personality mind as we age, i.e., you know, maybe you're, you love your office job, maybe you really identify with this work that you're doing, whatever it is, but it's constant activity that keeps you very, very busy, mind and body. And so this will actually aggravate vata, and you need to be doing remedies consistently to help keep your vata balanced as you move in towards 60 and 70, is to make sure that the pace slows down a little bit, or at least that it's very regulated, so that you're not doing a span of a 12-hour day that can you shorten the days to half a day's work, find ways of making passive income. Who doesn't want that? So yeah, that's where I was going with my gray eyebrow, in case you were wondering how I came to that on this spiel. Next, I want to talk about one of the biggest healing rules, or the keys of Ayurveda, which never really came up in the actual series episodes, um, because I felt that they, it was, it's just, it encapsulates a lot of Ayurveda. And this rule, you nearly want to write it down and put it everywhere. Like increases like, opposites reduce. And why do I say put notes up? First of all, when we put notes up and we see it regularly, it goes into our cellular memory. The more we see it, the more we will take it in, the more we will digest it, the more we will begin to perceive it, and the more we will begin to live it. Remember that whatever we repeat on a daily basis is what we become. Whatever we repeat on a daily basis is what we become. And that's why Deepak Chopra says that thing about whatever happened 10 years ago, it will show up 10 years later. Whatever we repeat on a daily basis is what we become. Whatever you think on a daily basis, it's whatever it is, thinking, doing, eating, drinking, smelling, touching, you know, all the senses are involved there. So the key point then to remedy these if we need to, if, if we know that we are intaking things that aren't so good for us, like for me, I know that blue light at night, scrolling is a big no-no, and now where I live, reception is so dodgy I can't so 
it's been a blessing. Like increases like, I'm in the vata time of life, I'm in the early years of the vata time of life. That means I need to slow down, I need to sustain and maintain strength in my body, especially from the pelvis down to the bones of the legs and the feet, because this is the vata area where the colon is. I need to slow down my movements, eat regularly. Actually, it's nearly lunchtime, so I'll probably pause this. But so that I'm really looking out for vata as I age. So to explain then how to reduce, like increases like, so that means that vata time of life and what I was saying about having a job that irritates vata. And so say you're, you're very slim, you're willowy, you're inspirational, you're enthusiastic, you're creative, and you go to bed really late at night, you wake up really early in the morning, then you have to go for a nap in the day, and then you move into the vata time of life, and you're still having this practice of irregularity, your digestion is irregular, like increases like. So you're going to actually just make vata feel worse and worse and become what my teacher used to say, deranged. So it means that it's really hard for you to stabilize. It's really hard for you to stabilize your mind, hard for you to stabilize your emotions. You get very tired very quickly. Your body can often weaken quite sharply. What we need to do is use the other rule then. So like increases like is visible for this vata person living in a vata job. Creatives is a vata job because vata is creative. And then if they're in the vata time of life. And the remedy then would be opposites reduce. If you go back and listen to the, the first series and the second series on vata, you will find the remedies there. But also the one about digesting our life through agony, that will give you tips on how to look after digestion and the one on imbalance, how to look after vata when we get older and we're not able to stabilize things. So write that rule down. And I do recommend that you really sit with those thoughts. What am I doing that isn't working for me? And is there a way that I can either reduce it or remove it? Because they're the first two tools, reduce and remove. And I like that about Ayurveda, that Ayurveda doesn't say stop cold turkey. Actually, Ayurveda promotes weaning, like weaning off things. So for me, in January, I spent a whole month weaning myself off things that I knew were not very helpful to my digestion. They weren't helpful for recording. I weaned myself off cheese. That was one thing. Weaned myself off of large, large meals, especially in the evening. So my main meal is always in the day now, which I, I had lived that way for many, many years. And then when Christmas comes around, I kind of flip everything over. You know, it's just, it's just what I do. It's a vata thing. And I just mix it all up, you know, because it's Christmas. Then that weaning process helps my mind adjust, helps my emotions adjust, and helps my physical body adjust. If you're not looking after the mind and emotional connection to whatever you're doing that you have been doing on a daily basis for a while, you're actually going to find it way too hard to reduce never mind remove. And then the removal through Ayurveda, if you're removing foods or a habit, what happens is that you remove it and you remove it for a term. And then you see if you, if you want it, like if I wanted to go back on cheese again, 
I would wean myself back into it to see how it affects my digestion. I know myself that for me to go back on cheese again is not a good idea because I know my digestion and the climate I live in, the damp climate, it's raining a lot. It's the wrong time of year for me to go back and eat cheese and yogurts and dairy products. So that would go for everyone anyway, that this time of year, unless you have a very pitta digestion, it's not a great time for the stronger cheeses. Paneer is a cheese that Ayurveda promotes, but it's a very light cheese. Okay, I think that explains like increases like opposites reduce. And so, yeah, and so going back to the the weaning, that's how you create the opposites being introduced, is you wean yourself into them. So it's not like you're going cold turkey on things. You know, you can do the same thing with a yoga practice, which I also really advocate for, is a slow, slow progression of adding things in rather than removing things. Actually, my mother was really good like that. Uh, my mother was a, a devout Catholic and so when Lent came around, she felt that maybe instead of taking something out of your life, why don't you add something in? So she would always promote me kind of doing some sort of reading. And later on, I actually did do a good bit of reading and read a lot of stuff um, from Mother Teresa, um, more compassionate things to read. It was actually quite a nice thing to do at Lent rather than feeling deprivation to feel like I was feeding myself some nourishment. And it can be a nice way to look at, as we remove things, can we add something in? So in the addition, you could either do looking at different philosophies, you could add a small yoga practice, you know, look at uh, moving from coffee to a herbal tea. And there's so many things that you could add. You know yourself anyway. I wanted to go jump into a very random subject that I was talking about in series two about agony, um, digesting our life with agony. One of the things, I don't think I said it, one of the things that's most important about agony is that it helps to sustain a healthy immune system. When our agony, so agony is outside of the doshas, but the doshas can filter and color how the agony works. But agni itself, when it's digesting food properly and there's no ama, so there's no toxins, there's no, and that's spoken about in series two, that's ama, particles, small particles of food, like micro particles of food left in our digestive system, and agni is working to complete health, it helps to create a healthy immune system. And so it's supporting all the doshas, and the doshas then can flourish Remember that each dosha has different timing in the day, each dosha has a different season of the year, and some of them blend into the others. And then we have the gunas helping to keep balance. The gunas, so we're coming from the agni and the, and the immune system, so that's why if we can work on our digestion, this is where Ayurveda goes with that. If you can work on your digestion and create as much of a healthy digestion as you can, then you're improving your immune system. Looking at your diet then and removing things and like increases like opposites reduce will become much more fluid and easy to do. In the early stages of looking at your digestion and how to remove things, how to bring new things in that will help sustain removing and reducing, it all becomes a fine balance of trying to keep 
your mental health, embracing the changes. And this is where the gunas can help, the understanding of the gunas, of these attributes of life. So gunas pervade all of life. And when I introduce them, I said that they're the principles that affect every particle of our life. And they mostly move through the mind. And of course, that's how they affect our life. The gunas, they filter out and down into different attributes that we use to identify problems with the doshas. And then that's another story altogether that we can go in another day. But it helps to identify what's actually going on with the doshas. And if you're not using attributes, it's very hard to identify what is the problem, which dosha is out of balance, which dosha isn't. And so when you have a consultation, you first talk about your digestive system, but also then you would talk about the timing of, of a disruption, of any sort of disruption, the timing of it, like time of day, and the timing in your life, your age and all that. Also, you know, is it hot? Is it cold? Is it dry? Is it wet as in oily because body doesn't have wet as in you know water body has kind of oily unctuousness even our spit is oily unctuousness it's not really like water is it um so when we use the gunas we can more pinpoint exactly where a problem is coming from and it's all it's all very um very much looked at through a balanced scope, trying to work out initially the imbalances can be quite mixed up. And so then we just start to test it out. We try to add um, reducing therapies and, and then increasing other things to bring about a balance. So then the next part I wanted to talk about was um, I had asked in one of the meditations or relaxations, and it's just an inquiry, and I was wondering maybe you'd like to stay with it. What stops you from stopping more? Oh, sorry, that's my stomach. Um, what stops you from stopping more in the day? It's almost like we feel driven so much to do more, it almost disempowers our ability to do less and be more. You know, when you stop, it doesn't mean you just let go. It means that you're, you're very present and in this moment. What you find is the more you practice being present and in this moment is that you're often forgetting that you wanted to be in this moment, you often, you often, I often would go off in my head, walking somewhere or having a discussion with myself and myself and myself. And it's a very intense discussion. And suddenly I realize I'm not here at all. I'm actually in a discussion. So in that inattention, I bring my attention back to just being present. That can also be done and is encouraged to be done in a yoga practice, even if you're in a class, or even if you're watching a recording, even if you have an app downloaded, is to still try and bring the present moment into every piece of your practice, every piece of your walk in the day, every bit of nature, to be present to it and remind yourself, this is your time to be with yourself and all things. The next part is, I was telling you that joke about how many yoga teachers does it take to change a light bulb? And it only takes one, but the light bulb has to want to change. I think yoga and Ayurveda is definitely a promotion of embracing transformation. And so it means that as much as yoga and Ayurveda want us all to embrace transformation, yoga and Ayurveda will help the process of change, but yoga and Ayurveda cannot do it for us. So it means that we have to stick with it day by day. And 
I think it does have an effect of falling in love with a practice, falling in love with something that really works for you. That's why I started this this podcast was to give enough information that would support small changes that eventually as you gain more information, whether from this podcast or you seeking it out elsewhere, is that it just helps to move you and flow you into the direction that you have great deep interest, which hopefully is about you and your own health, wellness, and living your happiest life. And so just just finishing, we were we started kind of with the um, the aging process and then into our immune system. So I just wanted to finish with a few little things because I've had a lot of people asking me to help build immune system is to make sure that you're able to digest your food. Okay, and that's explained in series two. And then after that, to build on the immune system is to make sure that you're doing some sort of physical activity. And of course, I would always promote a yoga practice, especially in the morning, sun salutes, at least a round of four to six every morning, if possible. And because that helps keep the joints fluid and that sequence is specific to Ayurveda to keep vata free out of the joints of the body. But also um, it helps to move pitta and kapha out of any excess or any imbalance that they might have. Just getting on some vitamin C, some sort of liquid form of vitamin C, I highly recommend that. Or else a natural vitamin supplement that's made um, and liquefied, that would be one that I always promote. And then most of all, making sure that you're resting properly, that you are taking time to rest and that you are taking time to listen to yourself. Yeah. So that's about all from me. I hope that you found something in this and go ahead and subscribe, follow. Downloading actually is what podcasts seem to take as the big bonus. So the more you download, the more it helps people find me. Then if you share it to groups that you're in, that would be fantastic. Then soon enough, I will have a friend of mine on fertility treatment coming. And I have another friend who's a psychotherapist. He's also coming on with some work on mental health, living through a pandemic. Thank you so much. And I look forward to chatting to you all in the next episode. <laughs>